0: Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a
1: time. I'm Casey and I'm Alex. We've done all the books and now we're diving into the TV show. Join us every Tuesday for a new mission. And don't worry, we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army
0: hey andalite bandalites welcome to part three of our fan fiction uh break episodes i should really come up with a consistent thing to call these but uh we are going through our third fan fiction here our third week of doing this and uh yeah, this one, first person that we don't know, which is uh, exciting and fun, but um, a fantastic story nonetheless. And uh, before I get you into it, I'll just go ahead and say I'm, I'm going to dedicate this episode without Casey's knowledge, so I don't know that she agrees to this, but to everybody who is a Marco and Rachel shipper, this episode, this one's for you.
1: Enjoy. All right. Ready to talk about our I third know. one? Oh, my God. This one. This one. This one. <laughs> this
0: one. Okay. This is the first author that we do not know. Right. <laughs> we, we don't fully thrive on nepotism, just mostly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, we absolutely, though, we went and asked people what stories to read. This was the only one I had never read before. Okay. So... I pulled this one knowing nothing about it and blindly trusting everybody in our Discord. <laughs> and I loved it. This kind of... Yes. Uh, uh, okay, sorry. So this one is also an archive of our own. It might be other places. This was just the first result that popped up for me when I Googled it. Yeah. But it's called Three Times Rachel Has Marco's Back and One Time He Had Hers by Language Underscore Escapes. Yay! <laughs> okay. Archive of Our, archive of our Own. Author language underscore escapes. There we go. Did it. This one is our longest one, too. So this is probably going to be a pretty long one.
1: Because <laughs> I have two pages of notes. I love it so much. Like,
0: I am not like a Marcello person, but I kind of am.
1: Yeah, oh, that that was yeah, immediately like, my reaction. I was like, oh, God, am I a Marcello customer now? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Fuck. Oh, no. Okay.
0: Okay. Let's get into it. And I have them broken down. So this this story is formatted, obviously, three times. Rachel had Marco's back. One time he had hers. So this is like four different short stories in one story. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the first one. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) fucking love it. Okay. Marco is five, and it's his first day of kindergarten. His parents told him that it wouldn't suck, but it totally sucks. He knows he's not supposed to use the word suck, but it super sucks. (laughs) He found out that he wasn't even going to be in his best friend Jake's class, which apparently his parents knew before they even sent him to school, and they didn't do anything about it. How fucking dare you
1: parents. I'd be pissed too.
0: Yeah, he's pissed about that, and then also just generally pissed that his best friend Jake has a super cool dog, and he knows his dad is allergic, but he also wants a dog. It's not fair that he doesn't have one. (laughs)
1: Is such a five-year-old mindset.
0: I love this. Is written like there's sometimes like not with Marco, but with Rachel, and I'm like, oh, she's like repeating something that like an adult said that's like really grown up.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But like Marco, especially, is just like a five-year-old, a really
1: smart five-year-old, like I, <laughs> a, a just,
0: smart five-year-old, yeah,
1: because yeah. he already but knows he's how to read.
0: Still, five. he does. He does. So that's okay. Yes. So it's his first day of school, and the teacher insists that they're going to learn how to read. And he told her, like, 19 times that he already knew how to read because <laughs> his parents taught him. And he's been doing it for, like, years, maybe. <laughs> like,
1: like, two years tops.
0: That's, like, two years tops, maybe. I love that. Like, the fact, like, when you're five, you just have no fucking concept of, like, how long or short things are. Yeah. And I just love that he was like, like, two years, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh. So anyways, um, he, the teacher still insists that he does it. So he's kicking the leg of his desk because he's frustrated that he's sitting around next to some kid named Mike who smells like medicine, and he's weird, and <laughs> he hates grape medicine. <laughs> That's
1: and-
0: <or> medicine. <laughs> That's medicine There's so many book call-outs in this one. Okay, stop. Wait till the end to do this. Okay, okay. Okay, <laughs> I'm telling myself oh, that okay, you okay.
1: don't
0: have to. <laughs> I have so many i'm saving it yeah so anyways mike smells weird and then there's this girl ashley and he doesn't fucking know her and this other girl across the way from him and like he's supposed to be coloring in his letter picture book but he doesn't have any crayons and everybody else brought crayons but he didn't tell his mom to get him any and so she didn't and he's like this fucking sucks and he's thinking about how he would color in his apple like green for a for apple and then he'd put worms in it it would be so cool (laughs) and he's so frustrated again that he kicks the table leg and the girl sitting across from him says, do you mind? And Marco's like, no, and sticks his tongue out at her. And she sticks her tongue out right back at Marco. And he's like, what, what the fuck? This worked last time. <laughs> <laughs> this worked it's last so, time? This worked last time. <laughs> he thinks the problem is that last time he stuck his tongue out at, his, at a girl, she ran away crying. But he thinks the issue is that last time he had food and this time he doesn't.
1: Uh, so like, I love this logic. <laughs> it's so Marco.
0: So then he's like, I know it'll work. And he pulls up his nose to show her all the boogers. And he's like, I'm pretty sure they're good in there right now because I have not picked my nose in a while. (laughs) Oh, God. And and so then the girl's like, she looks totally unimpressed. And then she flips up her eyelid at him. And Marco's like, ah! (laughs) He's like, that's so gross. And the teacher's like, stop disrupting the class, Marco. And Marco's, like, huffing in his seat, like, she doesn't even know this girl did the grossest thing I've ever seen. Like, this is the worst. And then suddenly he gets a sharp kick to the shin, and he looks up, and it's the girl across from him. And this girl, her name is Rachel, and she slides her box of crayons between them and says, just don't break, any." And so they both get to drawing, and Marco's kind of looking at her book and getting a little jealous because she has all these cool animals for her letters, and he has stupid things like balloons and xylophones, and (laughs) then he's like, Rachel keeps drawing stupid shit like polka dots on the lions, and he's making the jaguars the wrong colors, it's all gross, and uh, and then he got really excited because he's like, what's the cool animal that starts with X, this is going to be awesome, but he never gets to find out. And at the end of the day he thinks maybe kindergarten wouldn't be so bad after all.
1: Oh. I loved it so much. I loved it. Oh,
0: oh, I loved this. I love this. Okay. Shall I keep going yeah. into story number 2? Yeah. Okay. Part 2. Jake's parents are throwing an epic birthday party. They organized a neighborhood-wide water fight and Marco is here for it. <laughs> Jake was supposed to be watching his six, a military term that Marco just learned from reading a m- book about the Marines, but he's busy getting doused by his brother Tom, who has control of the hose, while being pelted with water balloons, courtesy of his cousin Sadler. Uh, I know this call-out uh, killed me. Oh, okay. All of this left Marco open, and he was now being cornered by Jake's crazy cousin Rachel, the same Rachel that sat on Jake's head to get his cookie that one time. <laughs> she only lived a couple blocks away from them so Marco does know her because they play every once in a while when they're out together or like you know she's at Jake's a lot of the time but like that doesn't mean that she's going to have any sympathy for him in this moment so Marco has his eyes closed he's waiting for the hit when he hears someone say oh look baby Marco's getting beaten by a girl (laughs) this is Alan and Tommy from across the street The boys that were always mean to him because he was short and because maybe sometimes he slipped up and spoke Spanish in front of them. Marco slowly opened his eyes and saw that Rachel was still pointing the guns at him, but she wasn't looking at him anymore. She asked him, are those the boys that Jake told me made you cry the other day? And Marco's like, what the hell? He's like (laughs) betrayed by Jake. They did a spit handshake. To not betray each other ever. And now he's totally been betrayed. And that was a totally gross handshake too. Oh no. Marco is distraught. And so he just says to Rachel, just just soak me. Make it quick. And Rachel frowns and then turns to look at Alan and Tommy and look about as menacing as a seven-year-old girl in a pink swimsuit can look (laughs) before challenging them. You don't think a girl can kick a guy's butt? And Alan just starts laughing. And Tommy is... Kind of as well, but he says, I'd like to see you try, Blondie. And Rachel giggles, which scares Marco, because that's the giggle that she has before she does something she definitely is not allowed to do, like (laughs) go in the attic or climb the forbidden tree in the playground. (laughs) Rachel turns to Marco and says, get your gun. I don't want them to see me try. I want them to see me win. Love it. And Marco takes a quick look back at Jake, who is now using Rachel's friend Cassie as a human shield, (laughs) and sees they're both having a good time. So... (laughs) He turns to Rachel and he says, Got your back, She Ra. And Rachel says, Oh, please. And then follows that up with, Aim for the eyes.
1: Oh my God. Love so it. So good. Fucking so good.
0: I loved that. Like, uh, I thought that one was going to be my favorite, but then it just kept getting better.
1: Yep. So. Oh, that one was so good, though. Oh. I loved Rachel so much in that one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Oh God. <sighs> okay, shall we go on to the third story? Yes.
0: So Marco is eleven, and his mom just died. It's been two weeks and a day, half a month since his mom passed, and the teachers aren't calling on him in class anymore. They just avoid eye contact with him. They speak softly. They act really weird. The week before she died, they called on him all the time. One had made him come to the front of the class and explain in. Agonizing detail why he thought WWF wrestling was more important than homework. (laughs) So the week before she had died, when he fell asleep in class, they had done shit like, you know, dropped a textbook next to his head after taping his hand down to teach him a lesson. And now they just left him alone. And he's like, why are they all doing this to me? Like, why are they all treating me like this? I wish that these teachers had the decency to just let one part of my life remain normal and the same as it was before. And so that's why he found himself in the hallway now, skipping class, which he had never done before. The, the idea of his English teacher looking at him with those soft, pitying eyes and sending him, was just sending him running into the hallway. He realized that he was starting to have a panic attack because his heart was pounding and his head hurt. He couldn't get his breath. This wasn't the first one that he had had because it's been happening since his mom died but he didn't actually know what it was at first he thought an 11 year old was having a heart attack the first time it happened and his dad really didn't pay attention so he had to look up his symptoms on his own and figure it all out by himself and so he's not freaking out even though his body's freaking out he knows what's going on and he realizes like i should go to the bathroom or like somewhere that's hidden instead of just the end of the open hallway (sighs) but you know what? it's my first time cutting class give me a break he wasn't exactly an expert in this so he slumps against a wall and he realizes that he's covered in sweat. He puts his hands in his hair and he's like trying to like just grab his head and like trying to breathe and then he hears somebody ask if he was okay. And it was Rachel. And he's like I I don't want her to be here. I wish this was Jake. Jake knows what to do. He always knows what to do. I don't need her here. And he's kind of grown apart from Rachel, too. They played together when they were younger, but like now they were 11 and like, you know, girls and boys don't really hang out. And Rachel doesn't go to Jake's anymore because her parents are in the middle of a divorce. And so he's like, I hate this. I don't I just don't want her here. And he didn't even know what she was doing here. She is like perfect attendance. She never skips class. So he tried to look at her with his most fierce glare and say, go away. And she just kind of ignores him. She goes, there's a hall monitor coming. I'll go scare him away. You just stay here. So Marco continues to have this panic attack. But in the background, he can hear Rachel running to the hall monitor and saying, somebody set up a cherry bomb on the other side of the school. And somewhere in the logical part of his brain, he notes that she's a pretty convincing liar. So <laughs> he hears the hall monitor take off. And Rachel comes back and sits next to him and, and just kind of pretzel style on the floor starts you know, hanging out, talking his ear off about school and how she was on the honor roll and how things were going pretty good for her. And the more she spoke to him, the better he kind of felt because it was just a normal conversation. She wasn't pitying him or trying to talk softly to him or trying to tiptoe around him. In fact, at this point, she's on this jag about how he's short and in the middle of a rant about how he was part of Munchkinland. And he chimes in, I'm not that short. I'm not that much shorter than you. And Rachel just laughs at him and says, I am six inches taller than you. I can see how bad the part in your hair is. <laughs> and Marco threatens her. He says, in a couple years, you're going to regret making those jokes when I grow. And Rachel shoots back, they're not jokes, they're facts. And if you can't tell the difference, maybe you shouldn't be skipping class. (laughs) And this is when Marco kind of realizes that his panic attack is over. He's feeling a little bit better. So he just punches her lightly on the shoulder. And Rachel does it right back to him and then says, are you okay?" And Marco nods and he says, I I think so. And so Rachel jumps up, offers him a hand, and she says, come on. It's almost next period. And I want to watch Miss Harmon decide whether or not she can ask you to diagram a sentence. And Marco just groans and says, "Okay, maybe one more week of the teacher's acting weird because I still have no idea what sweet 16 brackets have to do with grammar. And Rachel says, I'll let you copy my homework just this once. Oh, God. Oh, man. So those were the three times that Rachel had Marco's back, which brings us to our natural conclusion of the time that Marco had Rachel's back. Are you ready for this?
1: (laughs) I think so.
0: this one is so upsetting yeah
1: (laughs) that's a good word for it
0: (laughs) okay let me go through it because we got to talk about this Mm -hmm. marco wakes up to somebody climbing through his window he's already going to gorilla his first thought was oh my god they found this the hork valley has been compromised and they're coming for me and they're coming for my parents he's already halfway to gorilla before he realizes it's rachel climbing through his window Unsure, he says, what are you doing here? And he notes that she looks really haggard and sick or scared. And she just says, can I stay here for a while? And Marco is like, it's the middle of the fucking night. What's happening? So he just, of course, reverts to joking. And he's like, I always knew you wanted me. (laughs) But his heart isn't in it. And they can both tell that he's like just saying shit. Mm -hmm. So he scoots over. And makes room for her on the bed. And he's trying to make himself small and not threatening. And he thinks about how ridiculous that is. He's like, in my own body, I'm not threatening at all. And this is Rachel. Like, what am I doing? But he's like, maybe it'll help. I don't know. (laughs) And then a split second later, he's reflecting back on, like, how well Jake is his best friend. Most people forget that he's known Rachel nearly as long as he's known Jake. And they shared crayons throughout kindergarten. He's grown up with her. And in all the time that he's known her, he's never seen her look so lost and scared. And finally, Rachel responds, in your dreams, Marco. And he immediately shoots back, well, yeah, but now you woke me up, so I don't even have those. <laughs> Rachel does not even smile. Like, there, she does not give a shit. So Marco switches tactics. He goes, what brings you here? To shame, Marco. It can't be the decor because it's too rustic for fancy Rachel. <laughs> And Rachel goes, can you be serious for a minute? And Marco's like, yeah, one minute, though. Any longer than that, we'll get too creeped out. (laughs) And that brings like the barest hint of a smile to her face. But then it's gone an instant later. And she goes, how do you do it? How do you do bad things, things that you know are wrong and still live with yourself? And Marco freezes. He's like, oh, shit. Like That's way too serious for me. (laughs) I did not think that that's where this is going. And then he has this reflexive reflective moment where he looks at Rachel and he goes, well, we've always been honest with each other, even more so than I'm honest with Jake. We always tell each other the truth. So finally he says, mostly I don't think about it. I shove it as far away as I can and I don't reflect on it. And Rachel goes, does that work? And Marco tries to redirect her saying like, maybe Cassie is the one for this conversation. Why why are you talking to me? She's the one with the morals. And Rachel laughs out this exasperated huff of air and says, that's why I can't talk to her. And Marco latches on that and says, ah, I see. You want to talk to the nasty bastard that was able to plan the murder of his mom. Ugh. Got it. Ugh. I know. And then Marco takes a second to check in with himself and he goes, it doesn't even hurt to say that out loud. That's not probably good. <laughs> <laughs> and when he looks at Rachel, she, she looks so upset. And so he jumps in before she can even respond. He goes, hey, no, I get it. You've done bad things. You're wondering if it makes you a bad person, especially because you have to stand next to Cassie and Jake, who agonize over every decision and tear themselves apart, trying to be good. And it's hard to stand next to them. And Rachel just responds, they're the good guys in a tone that is so reverential and like a mantra that Marco thinks this is something that she repeats to herself all the time. And he confirms they are. They are the good guys. And Rachel says, what, ask him what that makes them, the two of them. And Marco says, "I don't know." And after a beat, he he starts like saying, "I you know, I really don't know." And he starts scooting closer to her until their shoulders are touching. And he says that she scares him a little bit, but that's not new. Ever since they were scaring ever since they were sharing crayons in kindergarten, he's kind of scared her. <laughs> um, but because of her, his mom was still there. His mom was back, and that was a good thing. She does good things, and that's what matters. And Rachel's quiet for a long time, so long that Marco actually starts falling asleep on her shoulder and has this weird aside thought about drooling on her and how she would kill him if he ever did (laughs) that. And then finally, Rachel admits to him, I killed somebody. And Marco forces himself to sit up. He rubs his eyes, and he focuses on her. And he says, did you enjoy it? Which is a dumb question, because she wouldn't be here seeking comfort if she had enjoyed it. And she says, no, I did not. And he goes, do you want to do it again? And she goes, no. And Marco says, well, okay then. okay." And Rachel says, don't you want to know who or why? And Marco says, do you want to tell me? Rachel goes, not really. And Marco says, then I don't need to know who or why. And they're quiet again. And after a moment, Marco says, I think you've definitely gotten more than one minute of seriousness from me. Can I go back to telling bad jokes and annoying you? I think I may have pulled my spleen being serious. And Rachel finally starts laughing and responding how he's used to. Marco's elated at this victory. And then she says to Marco, we just need this war to end because you need to go back to school, dude. And Marco (laughs) teases her, as long as we have our priorities straight, we need to end the war so I can go back to school. That sounds about right. (laughs) And Rachel laughs again. And Marco invites her to stay, even going as far as to offer to stay on some weird couch she has made of pine needles and maybe caterpillar silk, he doesn't really even know, and giving her the bed so she can get her beauty sleep. And she teases, like, I don't even need beauty sleep, and flips her hair over her shoulder and then just agrees to stay. And she goes, but you're a whiny bastard and a diva, so I'll let you stay in the bed as long as you keep your hands to yourself and don't touch me. (laughs) So they stick a pillow between them, and they both lay down to go to sleep. But Marco slings an arm over her waist like they used to do when they were little kids watching movies at Jake's. And he asks her if she's okay. She says, yeah. And they're quiet for a minute before Marco says, if Tobias catches you leaving out of my window in the morning, I'm telling him stories about how you needed me in the night. (laughs) And Marco feels her stomach twitch under his arm, which he knows from experience means she's laughing, but she's also about ten seconds away from smothering him with a pillow. <laughs> it's the same reason he's never seen the end of never ending story, and as far as he knows, it really is never ending. <laughs> and Rachel says, Tell him that, and I'll tell him about the time I found you measuring your dick in Jake's bathroom. And Marco shoots back, I take back everything I ever said about you being a good person. And he laughs when the pillow hits him in the face. Oh no. Oh, what the okay. Fuck? Oh, my God. Uh. Here's what killed me. And I don't know if I ever would have caught this if I hadn't listened to the recording of Rachel's final chapter when she dies in book 54.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When she is asking if she's good and, like, if it all works, Marco's, okay, okay, then, okay, is exactly oh. Rachel's last oh. line as she dies. Holy
1: shit! I didn't <laughs>
0: That's the last thing she ever says before she dies.
1: Oh, my fucking God. Oh, no. I know. How could they do
0: this to me? I know. Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: I know. Oh, dear.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Between reading that and then the whole echoes of the conversation, like, am I good? Like, yes, you're good. You do good. Like, Oh, shit. It's so brutal. Oh, that's so
1: subtle. Oh my god. It
0: right. It's so like honestly, if I had not listened to that recording 30 times, I don't know if I would have caught that. Oh my but god. I read that and it was like, you know when you just get like chills? Yeah. I was like, "Oh
1: my fucking god. Oh, wow." right meanwhile (laughs) you're having that revelation meanwhile in in the first story when rachel's coloring an elephant pink i was like haha elephant
0: (laughs) (laughs) that too oh my god every animal they called out was from the book like elephant jaguar like it was so good there was so many Mm -hmm. good good callbacks Mm -hmm. to the books where they just like took a line or took like a narrative Mm -hmm. oh my god It was so good. And then, like, Sadler bringing Sadler back into the story.
1: Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, God. There's... Okay, there's one line in the third story that I really like when Marco's skipping class. Can I read it to you? Mm -hmm. Yes, please. Okay. It is... He's skipping class. He's never done that before. He's not exactly the best student around. He goofs off and doesn't always try, but he's kept to the rules, been good. He doesn't care. His mom is dead. Keeping to the rules, being good... He did all of those, and his mom is still dead. Fucking loved that. I mean, I hate it, but like
0: <laughs> I yeah, I I love it. Oh shit. Yeah, that one was the the third story was the hardest one f- for me to summarize because it's like it's It's so such a good, like, every thought in Marco's head is like adding a layer to the story mm-hmm. and building on it. Mm-hmm. And it becomes that thing of like at what point do i just read the story to you <laughs> oh yeah man
1: <laughs> yeah okay okay jeff i kind of see where you're coming from yeah okay jeff okay jeff all
0: right okay <laughs> fine all right
1: we're going to markle and rachel' <laughs> I can't even talk. Marco and Rachel is a valid ship. I'm in it now. Oh, no. They're so cute. I,
0: you know, I think I said this to Jeff the other day. Like, I live on my hill and you live on your hill. Yep. And I would like to come visit you sometimes. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I live in my space. Sure.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: But I want to visit.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll play in the space with you. I'll play on the hill with you. It's fine uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's yeah i'm into that
0: yeah i'm i'm into that oh no. i'm into it
1: yeah oh, that was really fucking God. good
0: it was so good and like this was the one that like i felt like oh i'm taking the biggest swing on this one because i haven't read it it was just recommended by by several people but like i trust them enough to know they wouldn't give us some bullshit but like reading this it was like holy shit this yeah. is amazing yeah like it was just so good. And, like, honestly, when I was going through that last story, oh, my God. When I realized, like, it was just all echoes of the conversation that she has with the Elemis, yeah. it was it was insanity for oh me. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so good. Okay, let me give you the name and the, the author again before we send you on your way. So that is... Three times Rachel has Marco's back, and one time he had hers. By language, underscore, escapes. And we don't know them, but based on their writing, I think we'd get along. We have things in common. <laughs> we like Animorphs. Yeah, we like Animorphs. <laughs> we like Rachel. We like Rachel. We like Marco. Good. Jeff really likes you, I assume.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That was great. Man,
0: that was great. Hey guys, welcome back to the end of the episode. Um, and just in case uh, you missed this during the episode, this story is called Three Times Rachel Had Marco's Back and One Time He Had Hers by Language Escapes. That's language underscore escapes. And the story is on archiveofourown.org. So um, yeah, look that up. It's, it's, I mean, we talk about how much we love this story, but like, it's really good. I really recommend reading it and especially if you are someone who is like I don't have a ton of time to read, these fan fiction stories are great because they're all shorter reads. This one I think is the longest one. It probably took me 20 minutes to get through it with note writing, so like you can blaze through it. It's no problem at all and it's fantastic. Um so we don't know this author personally, so um I I can plug their story on Archive of Our Own, but that's that's where I, I have to send you. Um, if you have comments for Casey or I, you can reach out to us at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com or you can look us up on Facebook where we're just Animorphs Anonymous or super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andelite Bandalites, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous, which we've had a bunch of new people join recently. And there's there's been uh, some interesting conversations that are happening. Um, in fact, one recently about david so if you want to come shit talk david with the rest of us you know that's what we're doing no it's not a spoiler to say we're we're not happy with david so come join us talk about it uh, you can also tweet your grievances about David at me at Anon on Twitter. You can hit me up on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous. Uh, And if you want to join our Discord where a bunch of people all talk all the time about all sorts of different things, um, memes, etc., etc., you can do that. Um, just hit me up on any one of our socials, send me a message, and I will get you linked in there. and You can come hang out with all of us, all of us awesome people yeah cool so uh if you want to know things specifically about casey and i do i highly recommend doing things specifically that casey creates because they're wonderful and delightful you can check out her webcomic which is beside you like the b-side of a cassette um it's about music and romance and and slater and slater and slater and slater and apparently This is a secret message, a podcast within a podcast where I speak specifically to Dan because we are Slater fans. People on coffee or tapas, sorry, people on tapas don't like Slater and they're wrong. And you know what? Dan and I will tell you that they're wrong because Slater's the best character. If you want to know any of what I'm talking about, go ahead and look up besideyoucomic.com, which is B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U comic.com. And um, read it. Or if you want to go ahead and become infamous in this particular webcomic, you can go to Patreon and check out KCD Studios. Support her. I support her. You should support her. She's wonderful and deserves all of our support and love and everything. So I highly recommend you do it. Let's see. Oh, me. Oh, God. We're at the Alex part of this portion of this podcast. Gross. Well, um, if you like my voice for reasons... I'm unclear of, you can go ahead and go over to From Cadmus to Crisis, this is a Superboy podcast. And you can listen to my voice. Actually, here's a bonus for you. You can listen to what I say, and sometimes my voice sounds super weird, because we voice characters on the 90s comic Superboy, and sometimes Drew does super cool effect story voices that make us sound way better than they are in real life. Um, who is Drew, you might ask? Well... Cat Mystic Crisis is a podcast that is by David and Drew from our Megamorphs episodes in the Time of the Dinosaur and our Choose Your Own Adventure Alternomorphs books. And they are awesome, wonderful people who are very funny and they have adopted me like a stray animal into their podcast home and let me stay in their house and eat all of their food and it's pretty great. So yeah, check it out, Cat Mystic Crisis. And I think... That's everything that I have to tell you guys today. I guess have a wonderful day. I hope that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're having a good time. And if it's not a good time, I hope that it gets better soon. I love you all. And for all of you, Marco, Rachel, Shippers, this one, this one was for you.